Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? I just feel as if Everton will have enough to get out of it. Like I said, more of a gut feeling when it comes to Everton. Yeah, it'll be fascinating. There'll be more twists and turns. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. All right, you're very welcome along. It is League of Ireland late night every Friday night on Twitter Spaces here on Off the Ball. Nathan Murphy with you this evening. Shane Keegan, just a matter of moments ago, was sat in front of me in Tala, but is always somewhere on the road, I can tell. Shane Keegan, good evening. Nathan, how are you keeping? You well? very well. Five five or six thousand seats in in, in Tala, and I managed to sit in front of your young lad. A, A footballing education you had tonight, Shane. That was a football in education, I'll tell you. Boy, at one stage, it, uh, himself and his friends were fearing Rovers were, were destined for relegation. It, it wasn't looking good, it has to be said, for Shamrock Rovers uh, at halftime. Trailing by two goals to nil, they almost, well, they did pull off the comeback. But I, I thought at one stage they were going to pull off a heroic victory, but a 2 all draw, more points uh, dropped for Shamrock Rovers. If you're a Shamrock Rovers fan, what's going on? What is with this stuttering start to the season? Do let us know. They're fourth in the table right now, the champions going for three in a row. We'd love to hear from some Shamrock Rovers fans this evening. Johnny Ward is with us as well. Good evening, Johnny. You're on mute, Johnny. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Good evening, lads. Sorry about that. Johnny has been in time uh, again, which can only spell disaster for League of Ireland. I got, a, I, got a, I got a taxi this time. I'm just I'm just working out how much I'm actually going to make from working tonight after paying for the taxi home. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, all, it's all in the name of love. So, what a night for Finn Harps, that long trip down to Talca Park. The honour of playing Damien Duff Shelburne. And Finn Harps come away with a 3-0 victory at Talca Park. Quite a chastening night for Shells fans, no doubt. Derry City, top of the league, left it very late to beat St. Pat's. A one-all draw earlier on between UCD and Bohemians. And I'm leaving something out, Shane. You can remind me what I'm leaving out here as well as I'm just trying to uh, catch my breath after getting back home from Tala. Uh, a lot going on in the first division as well. Another win for Cork. Another win for Coe United. So we'd love to hear from any of those fans over the next little while. But let's get straight to our first speaker of the night, who is Vish who is just connecting at the moment. Vish, if you want to come in, you're very welcome along to League of Ireland Late Night. If you want to get on air, live on air, just click the request button. It's down the bottom left-hand corner. We'd love to get fans from all over the country on. Or use the hashtag LOI Late Night if you can't come on air, and we'll try and get you on that way as well. But Vish, I hope, is going to be our first speaker of the evening. Can you hear us, Vish? Oh, Vish has instantly gone from... Speaker to listener. We'll we'll, uh, we'll try somebody else then. Shane Kennedy. Let's see if we've a little bit of better luck uh, getting Shane Kennedy in this evening. Shane, are you there? Yeah, loud and clear, Shane. How are you getting on? Oh, Shell's fan here again. My God. <laughs> My God. That was... So go on. What what went what went wrong for Shell's tonight? Jesus, what went right, more like? A lot of things went wrong. Everything. So, uh, Tonka Park hasn't exactly been the home of entertainment so far this season, and we've had a lot of Shells fans over the first four or five weeks wondering where the goals were going to come from, concerned about the lack of quality attacking players, but also, I think, reassured by the fact that Shells have been pretty solid at the back. There haven't been too many goals at either end. Uh, tonight, there were a lot of goals, but they were all at the wrong end from your point of view. Yeah, we just, at the back, we just looked so 
uh, set pieces were so like susceptible to conceding from across a throw in a set any kind of set piece any ball into the box and young Webb to be fair to him he's taken a lot of criticism he hasn't like made that many like errors but I think now that's another two set pieces and another ball like defenders are at sixes and sevens and I just think maybe the defenders feel like every ball into the box they have to defend like he doesn't ever come for anything and again I said it here two weeks ago like I think Dover's been a bit too clever with Clark and Webb now like I said he hasn't made fundamental errors but there's just so many goals from set pieces now like he probably wasn't great for the first goal, Shane, you'd have to say. Yeah, well, I was standing beside it and I didn't think it was a foul either. I thought JR, it was probably, it was literally right beside it and it was probably like a, a loose arm or a trailing arm. It didn't look like he, he even fell and he fell looking at the referee and he got taken off with, I don't know whether it was on oxygen or something, but he had like a neck precaution injury, I think. But he even looked at the yeah. referee when he went down, so if he was instantly knocked out, he wouldn't even look for a foul. So I didn't think what can you say about them? Um, just the, the performance itself was I mean, it was literally a zero out of ten performance oh, from Shells. I, I couldn't get over how bad you were from everywhere all over the pitch. Like strikers never got going, midfielders, Jordan McAniff taken off um, bad defensively and booze at the end of the game as well in the main stand. Oh yeah, there was I thought I think the booze was more for the performance. Like it was like you'd expect a lot more against Finn Harps and how Dan Carr played up front and Shane Farrell, who our best player, both of them started against Bowes. And if you're if you're talking about squad rotation, Shane Farrell was man of the match against Bowes, and Dan Carr is being yeah. hopeless. But yeah, Dan Carr starts and Shane Farrell doesn't. I think that yeah. those decisions he's trying to be like, and like without Jack Moyle up front, we just don't have that. Not that he has scored any goals, he even got any assisted, but he's penetrating, he's trying to break into the when the through the lines like. Uh, it was just frustrating, and I think Dupas trying to be the system, the three at the back or the five at the back. Or I think the fullbacks got into so many areas, and you can tell the defenders—they're not forwards, they're not wingers, they're defenders, and their their end product is, is shocking. But we could have been there until next Christmas, and we don't look like we're going to score. I think Finn Harps, do we even have a shot on target, Johnny? No. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, I think he'd like one chance, which was. You had two chances in the first half, which would have been uh, the chance that uh, McIniff, the header, which he should have done much better with, and then there was that ball oh, across McManus. the car, but both of them were... McManus, both of were appallingly bad finishes, like. Yeah, I think McManus had a shot in the first half on the edge of the box that he scored over, but again, he's a he's a defensive centre midfielder who's he's the one player that falls onto, like... Yeah, it's frustrating, and they are losing at home to Finn Harps 3-0, and I... Fancy us to draw against any team in the country, but to back us to win, God, you'd be wasting your money. Like, it's just like, no, it's bad. It's very, very bad up front. Like, but you wonder, Ian Morris, and also that. Sorry, once I, I criticised Morris last year for playing this system, and Duffer's got to change it. Like, otherwise, we're. We're not going to win many games. If you're watching that game tonight, Chelsea are in the relegation battle, like as far as I'm concerned, because Drogheda won and Harps were a lot better than them, and there, are, there isn't really anyone else. So it was a worrying performance, big time. Really, really, really poor all over the pitch. Yeah, it was. We just we were looked kind of clueless going forward. Like it, I, that this this way of playing. If you watch us against Dundalk or or Bowes or or Derry, we look we look solid. But if you ask us to go and attack a team, like. 
it was it was it was bad, wasn't it, Johnny? It was like you could have been there the next, as I said, next Christmas, and we just wouldn't have scored. Yeah, I think his reaction after the game now will be interesting because that's obviously the low point of his career so far as a man. And he, I did the same interview two weeks ago. We said, "Your home, your home. Let's make this a fortress." But we've got three losses and one draw, and the, the, the one draw we had was a come from behind draw. So it wasn't like you were hanging on. And I think the Bows result, I thought that was a good result. But looking back on it now, with being ten men, and we've got five minutes left in the match. If you if you're struggling to win games, you've got to if you're a tight team, you've got to see out that. And now that looks like it's two points drops. Where if you had a one tonight, I'd have said right, bows away, good point. But tonight we lost three 0 at home to Harps. Like and Harps bring on Bastian Heary and Mark Timlin. We bring on the seventeen year old and Stanley from I don't know where we found him from, but. Oh yeah, the duffer, the duffer effect. Anyway, so you get the, it's bad. It's Shane, Shane, Shane Keegan is with us as well. Shane, I might just bring you in on on Damien Duff and this, and it's very, very early days. And in fact, there was nobody Shane uh, trying to lower the hype more than Damien Duff around what he might do with Shelburne, but beaten three 0 at home by Finn Harps. We're seven games in. Shells have scored four goals in those seven games as a coach. My sense would be is it's easy to set up a side to be not easy, but it's far more straightforward to set up a side to be defensive. The real test of the coach then is to be able to create a attacking, exciting outfit that you start at the back, you keep it solid, but he's got to very quickly find a way of getting a side that can create some opportunities. He has, Nathan, but I suppose the question is, have have they got the kinds of players who can be creative, who can beat players in 1v1 situations, who can make things happen, who can take chances. Um, like I, I'd say Shane would probably agree, really Jack Moylan is the only one who has shown any flashes of that so far. No, um, Shane Farrell, again, I just said, was our best player Shane on Farrell, Friday. Yeah. yeah, he's a good bit of stuff. I've liked him any time I've seen him, actually, yeah. Um, so, like... You know, obviously, as you say, the go-to was to, to make them hard to beat at first. But, I mean, that, you know, you combine it with the Drogheda result as well. And, and it really, really is an awful result. Look, I don't think, I don't think, I honestly don't think anybody at, at Shelburne will be pressing any major panic buttons yet. I really, really don't. I'm not going to jump from, I'm not going to jump from saying last week that I thought they'd be perfectly fine to this week. All of a sudden, it's, it's, it's a catastrophe. I do think... I do think they probably have more about them maybe than, than Drogheda, than UCD, possibly even than Finn Harps, despite tonight's result in the long term over the course of the year. And the other thing that they'll be able to do, Shane, is, well, the other thing you'd think you'd be able to do is there seems to be a bit of cash at the club. You've got all of Duffer's contacts. Surely to God, if things don't go well in the first half of the season, you'd be in a position to strengthen for the second half. You'd imagine so, but even with the Finn Harps, if you watch Finn Harps against um, Dundalk away, Finn Harps missed two sitters at nil all. We haven't missed any sitters. We haven't. We don't look like we're going to score. And I agree with yeah, you yeah. in the sense that we, like, it's not even that we were hitting panic buttons. It's more, yeah, the system is good to to get a draw against the big teams, or you might nick a one nil. But against the weaker teams, UCD, we created absolutely nothing. Like. We don't like UCD should beat us. We they had two best chances in the game. Like we're just not creating enough going forward. And as I said, when you've got Dan Carr playing and Shane Carroll playing on 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 Friday, and Shane Farrell was man of the match and he's rested, and Dan Carr plays tonight, like it's I don't know I don't know what to make of that. Like Shane Farrell was our best player on Friday and he's dropped tonight for Dan Carr who's also playing. 
And Shane, is is there is there is there already a general sense of like obviously I'm, I'm always given the manager's take, which is uh, listen, relax, lads, give him a bit of time. But you're you're coming from the supporters' side of things, which is obviously uh, natural enough. Like, is there a general sense of unrest amongst the supporters already? But no, I wouldn't say it's unrest. Like, we're not being unrealistic. Um, we're not being unrealistic at all. I just think against the, the teams that were, if we want to stay up and we want to do what Trotter done last year, we're going to have to pick up wins against the other bottom three teams. And even if you look at a win against Trotter, that came from a Trotter mistake. Like, we're not actually ever look like we're going to open the team up. Like, we beat Trotter, but the first goal was, was them passing the ball out that kind of came mistakenly. And the new we create nothing. Tonight, we had no shots. So that's two games against the bottom three teams. We've had no shots on target against them. And it was it was very like with Carr and um with Carr and Boyd up front and a very very static midfield. It just they they weren't hard at all to play against. And I think as you said as well, Shane. Like I think Brendan Clark that 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 thing has to be an issue at this stage because Brendan Clark I don't think he would have let in that first goal either. And it's just his experience as well. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I called that one in week one. <laughs> so I did. And and look, I I've only again, Shane. I've only seen you the once, so I'm not judging that. I'm not judging that on on the, the the boy who's in the goal. I'm just judging that on on how good I think Clarky is, and and I just particularly if you're struggling at the minute, surely safe pair of hands, cool head, and the whole lot. Even just if if even if it was like for like in terms of ability, surely just that bit of leadership would be a, a healthy. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, we've conceded a lot from a corner set pieces, and two again tonight, one against Derry, one against Dundalk, one against Bowes. And uh, like the keeper doesn't call me, must like Clarky last year was so solid. Like, and it was the first time I'd seen him every week. And I don't understand why. Maybe he can't train in the mornings, or he, I think he's a postman, is he? And there could be that into it. I don't know. There has to be something, but he's never been asked about it. I don't know. I've never heard him say as to why he picks Webb because every fan wants Clark and Gold now. Like, yeah. yeah. All right, Shane. Thanks a lot for your call. Uh, once again, hopefully, we hopefully we'll get a happy shells fan on the call one of these weeks because I think we've had more shells fans on in the first month of League of Ireland date night than any other club, which shows uh, the interest levels that are there. But a worrying start to the season. Uh, for Damien Duff's Shelburne. Uh, League of Ireland Late Night is what you're listening to. We're live here, Twitter Spaces, every Friday night during the League of Ireland season, uh, 10 p.m. If you want to come on, we want your calls. It is the sort of traditional old-style phone-in, though, on Twitter Spaces. There's a little button down the bottom left-hand side. It says request. If you want to come on and talk, we want to hear from you. We want to hear from supporters of Shamrock Rovers, who must be a little bit concerned at how their season has started. We always get a few Sligo fans on the line. They, I'm sure, frustrated a real opportunity to put some daylight between themselves and Shamrock Rovers. Blown tonight, 2 0 up at halftime, ended up drawing uh, 2 all. You can also use the hashtag LOI Late Night. If you miss any of this, we put the podcast up every Saturday morning on Off the Ball. Just download the OTB Sports app, get onto our football podcast, and you get it there. But we spent a lot of time talking about Shelburne already tonight. Trevor Gordon has been patient, he is a Finn Harps supporter. It's not all about shells, Trevor. It's not all about what shells did wrong. It's more about what Ollie Horgan did right. Yeah, I think Damien Duff said he was a genius before the game, so um, it's good to conclude, right? Um, I hope you can hear me all right. I'm on the M1, so hopefully the noise isn't too bad in the background. We can just about hear you, Trevor. So uh, go on, give us your thoughts. I'm sure you're uh, heading back up the M1 absolutely delighted. Uh, were, yeah, there signs, were, there signs, were there signs over the last few weeks that that sort of performance was coming? 
Yeah, we needed that because we've kind of fallen into a bit of a pattern in games where we play quite well at times and, you know, we're different with teams and, and, and even having good possession, creating chances. And then we're not scoring and then we're conceding and then we're losing. So it can be hard to get out of that rough sometimes. So we really, really needed that tonight. And hopefully it can, you know, we can kick on from it. Johnny, you've had a lot to say about uh, the Shells performance. Give us your thoughts on Finn Harps tonight. I'd, like, I'm just looking at these names of these players and all over the pitch from like various parts of the world. Bastian Eri didn't even actually start tonight. The guy, the right back, I think is a Spaniard that he got from Slovakia. Mihailovic, a Croat, who was kind of playing on the left. He hit the bar twice in the first five minutes, one with this really acrobatic effort. And I, I have no idea how Ollie Horgan does it. He got his traditional yellow card as well for, um, you know, having his go at the referee in the second half. But Finn Harf's thoroughly deserved to win. I, I've kind of been following them a bit like in terms of um, as much as I can and they seem to have been in their games and I think they'll improve. I really don't see them going down this season. I think UCD will finish bottom and Harps will be a, Harps will be a problem for a lot of teams. They have a bit of quality and uh, I don't know how Ollie does it, how he puts together these players, how he finds them, how he gets players that keep the spirit of the team together and they look the threat as well. They, they totally deserve to win the game, Nathan. And, um, you know, they'll definitely be a problem for a lot of teams this season. And whatever about uh, Damien Duff's inexperience, Trevor, one thing we know the Finn Harps have is they have the knowledge of how to stay in games and how to stay in seasons of grinding out a result. It's taken six matches, but they get the first one tonight and suddenly they're only a point behind Drogheda and Shells. They're only two points behind Bohemians. Dundalk have only lost once all season. Finn Harps only three points behind. Now, I know they've got a tough game after the international break against Shamrock Rovers to come, but they... The the uh, the genius, as you said, Damien Duff described of Ali Horgan. It's maybe not fully appreciated outside the League of Ireland. It's certainly appreciated up in Dundee Gaul. Yeah, he definitely is. He definitely is. And as Johnny said, his recruitment is just uh, out of this world. Where he gets these players from, nobody knows. Um, so yeah, uh, look, it's, it's important that we can. What we needed to do after recent games was stop giving away silly goals and start taking our chances. We did that tonight, and that was that's really. It's really encouraging for the league as well. UCD, who are bottom, they got a draw. Finn Harps are second from bottom. They won. Drogheda, who are third from bottom, they won. And then at the top, you've Sligo obviously failing to win. St. Pat's losing. Shamrock Rovers scraping a draw. And Dundalk losing. So they're in the top five. So um, it's just shaping up to be a cracking season, Nathan. All right, Trevor, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, if we have any Sligo or Shamrock Rovers fans listening in, uh, do get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you and get your thoughts tonight on the performance in Tala. Uh, we'll get to some of the other callers and lots wanting to talk about the first division. Uh, Shane, your thoughts then on Shamrock Rovers tonight. It, bizarrely, I kind of thought it was maybe their best performance of the season so far, but also summed up some of the issues, like the sloppiness at times, particularly clearly for the mistake of Barry Cotter. But that sort of summed up the other side of Rovers that we've seen in the opening month of the season. That they, they can be got at too easily. But weirdly, without Jack Burner times, they looked... It, it felt as if things happened a bit quicker for them. I, you're, you're bang on, Nathan. I mean, my, I suppose the best way I could sum it up is at 2-0 down, um, I turned to my mate that was with me at the game. And at 2-0 down, I said, I said you, you, you would have full, full faith in Shamrock Rovers being able to score two, if not three, goals here and been able to turn this game around. Your only question mark is, can they go without conceding another one? Um, because, like, 
you were we were at the same side of the ground there like literally the only two times I would have thought that the action wasn't directly in front of us which was the final third of the field for Shamrock Rovers um, was the, the, for the two goals like it was all Rovers every corner kick Nathan looked like it was going to be a goal um, the deliveries were brilliant and Rovers were getting their heads on everything but it was been cleared off the line or glancing just wide or keeper was making saves and like they, they looked absolutely scintillating going forward tonight they really really did they looked exactly why we all think that they're you know they're as good as they are um but yeah like you know they got away probably got away with one more even outside of the two goals that they conceded and that's strange like it's hard to put your finger on that Nathan, because like for my money i would have sean hoare and lee grace as the two best 1v1 defenders in the league to be honest with you I think they're they're both so so comfortable in 1v1 scenarios so you would think if you're going to be on the attack all the time and you're going to have to face counter attacks and deal with stuff like that um, you've got two absolutely perfect players for it and I suppose the goals weren't so much counter attacks today they probably came from the only kind of bits of sustained bit of possession that, that Sligo had um, but I, I right until the final whistle went I thought Shamrock Rovers were still going to win that game from from, from 2-0 down right until the final whistle, I thought they had enough quality to turn it around. And again, look, we keep talking about the bench. Moderate God, the substitutions that, the substitutes that they were bringing on was was, was just absolutely ridiculous. Um, I, I, you know, if anybody wants to, if anybody wants to get carried away with Rovers at this stage and think they're not going to be there and wants to give me a decent price and them still winning the league, I'll, I'll take arm and all after my, I think, I still think they're going to come good and win it. The good tonight, uh, Andy Lyons has had a difficult enough start, I think, uh, for uh, Rovers, was man of the match, and he was brilliant, uh, absolutely brilliant, uh, both defensively and in an attacking sense. Uh, the, the worries, like Danny Mandreu, it really hasn't happened for him at all yet so far this season, Shane. And, and you know what you could see in his game tonight, Nathan? I don't know if you... He's now trying to force it. He's trying to, he's trying to force the issue. He's trying to, he's trying to be too clever and come up with a a little flick or a little trick when it's not on and that can happen again that's what you call a kind of a snowball effect i don't think he would have been overly forcing the issue tonight if if things were going well for him at the moment and he was in his stride and you know he got a couple of goals or a couple of assists well then he does the right thing every time when he gets the ball rather than the okay i'm behind i'm, I'm not at the level i need to be here i need to produce a wow moment here to get everybody back on side and yeah, because he's then forcing the issue, he's trying to make things happen that aren't on, and then that he comes out looking bad on the back of that. So he needs to just chill and and, and relax and get himself back in. I know he's about creativity anyway, but I, I just felt he was forcing the issue tonight. Um, and uh, yeah, I think he needs to, to to relax a little bit and let it come a little bit more naturally for him. You know, uh, I I know uh, we are. Um moaning a bit too much maybe at times and putting too much attention on TV coverage and that but I saw Dan McDonald tweeting about the Drogheda Dundalk game being the game that was selected for television coverage and I'm sure there are reasons that every team has to be shown and all of that but even from a month ago it looked like a weird decision and such a shame Shane that tonight's game wasn't live on the TV there was a, a big crowd even on a bank holiday I know crowds are probably down because of the bank holiday but there was a decent crowd in town tonight and it was a cracking game like it wasn't all quality from one end to the next, but it was all entertainment. It was all excitement. There was a countless dozen chances, I'd say, in the game. And to have a scenario where that match with two you know, title contenders, we'd have to say Sligo with the way they started, will certainly be a, a top four team this season. That that isn't shown and that Drogheda and the Dawk is the game that's on TV just doesn't seem to make sense. 
makes absolutely no sense to the point where I I'm I'm up and down the bloody N7 like a like a, a gobshite here today. So I am down 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 to Treaty for the three o'clock kickoff, and I was coming home. And when I got home, I said get something to eat. And my, my plan had been to come up here, and then I was like ah. Oh, no, will I just stay in and watch watch the watch the game on TV? And then I thought, no, you know what? There's no way that game on TV is going to live with with the game in Tala tonight. Um, and it, you know, I, I'm absolutely delighted that I did get back in the car and head back up, head back up it because we look, we all knew anybody with a brain in their head. The way Sligo had been going at the moment, and look, even just Liam Buckley's philosophy, the fact that he would, you know, he would never going to just throw bodies behind the ball behind the ball like a lot of teams do against Rovers it was always going to be a, a, a cracker and yeah look you'd love to hear I know Declan McBennett or whoever has to make the, these calls come out and, and explain the thinking behind it there obviously is some shape or form of thinking um, but unfortunately TV viewers and, and, and everybody who wasn't in Tallaght tonight has missed out on a, an absolute belter of a game you know yeah, they certainly have. All right, you're listening to League of Ireland Late Night. It's Nathan Murphy, Shane Keegan, Johnny Ward with you every Friday night, 10 o'clock here on Twitter Spaces. Uh, get your messages into us using the hashtag LOI Late Night. Or if you want to come live on air, uh, just click on the request button down the bottom left-hand side. Let's go to the first division. Uh, so it's the same old story in some ways. Cork City, another big win over 3D United. I know you were down with it earlier, Shane. A 4-0 win for Cork. Uh, Goa United keeping up the pressure. A 2-1 win away at Lone. Waterford, they had the bye. There was a 3-0 win for Longford at Wexford. And Bray, a 1-0 win away at Cove. Keith Ryan is with us. A Bray Wanderers fan. Evening, Keith. Good evening. How are you? I'm all right, Keith. So, right now, tonight, Keith, I want the first apology of League of Ireland late night. And I want you down in your hands and knees <laughs> apologising, apologising right now to Pat Devlin. You said he was old school, back-to-back wins, just needed a little bit of time. Hey, listen, I don't regret saying that uh, the football wasn't the football wasn't great in the first three games. Uh, let's be honest with you. Um, we, all, we obviously, we were up in, we were up in Longford on, on Monday night and... Uh, after the first three games, a long ball, we started playing the ball on the deck a little bit, um, which impressed me because you play the ball on the deck, you hold the ball, you, you have more possession, create more chances, and we won the game 2-1. A great result up in Longford against, obviously, a couple of old boys, uh, Dylan Barnett and Ryan Graydon and stuff. And then tonight, uh, to be honest, we would have taken a draw down the Cove. It's a tough place to go, Shane, as you know, the Commons Park can be uh, it's quite a tight little ground and um, uh, the pitch can be uh, quite bobby and stuff. So, yeah, would have taken a draw on Cove, but uh, an impressive result. And Darren Lynch coming off the bench, um, scored an absolute whirly, um, which will probably go down as one of the goals of the season. So I don't know if you've seen it yet, but uh, yeah, six points and Brayer in the playoffs. And but I must say, I don't regret saying what I said on the first night. Would you accept that maybe it was a bit premature? I, I know there's greater issues and grander issues, obviously around Cabin Teeley and Bray Wanderers and the takeover and the frustration at how. Uh, you know, certain members of the management team last year were handled. But looking at the results of the last week, do you think you were premature in 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 the way that you spoke about Pat Devlin and the sense that actually he couldn't get the best out of this Bray squad? I, as I say, I don't regret saying it because the football was it was it was all long ball. It was all long ball. Every like against Waterford. And against Galway, uh, Johnny. I don't know if you've seen the Galway game, but but is that Gal- is that not just been practical? Because Waterford and Galway are two of the three best teams in the league. That he's coming in, just taking on the gig. You're playing the best teams in the division. 
that actually, you know, not taking too many risks, not implementing your style is acceptable. These are the games over the past week where you expect him to implement his style. Yeah, but uh, Cork City put six passes, Galway put three passes. Like, you know, you, you, you have to implement some of it. Like, you have footballing players in the midfield. Every ball against Galway went past Conor Clifford. He didn't, he didn't get the ball into his feet, nothing like that. It all went past him. And... Connor, he gave out to a couple of defenders and, and, and the goalkeeper at one day. Now, listen, look, we've got six points in the last two games. Um, Cork, Galway and Watford are going to, going to be up there. No one's going to touch them. Uh, it's going to be a real good title race. Um, and Bray can only hope for a play also, um, fifth, fourth or fifth. But, uh, yeah, uh, again, Nathan, I don't regret saying it. Um, the football was atrocious at the time. But two wins in a week, you'll accept that. Like his his point there, Nathan. To be fair, like you know, I understand what you're saying again in terms of the opposition. But I mean, why if you have Connor Clifford in the centre of the field? Uh, now I see. I'm just looking here. He didn't actually play tonight. I don't think he did. He but even Dean Zambra, similar you know similar player players who need the ball at their feet, who want to be creative and, and contribute to the build up play. Um, you know, it's pointless having fellas like that in the side unless you're going to use them and play to their play to their to their quality. Was was is. I don't see Connor. I don't even see Connor amongst the substitutes. Has he, has he a knock at the moment, Keith? Or not on his Nathan, is he? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Keith is Keith You're is on hearing mute, you there. Keith. Sorry. Yeah, Connor last week uh, against Longford, um, he got an injury on Monday night, but. You're right. Every every ball last Monday um, or last Friday against Galway went long. We had Marty Waters up top. Um, Rob Manley wasn't even playing. So when you're playing long balls, you need bigger players to flick on for smaller or whatever. Air, Air taught his players playing centre half. Uh, Huey Douglas. So uh, why the long balls were played is beyond me. But um, I accept what you say, Nathan. Two wins in a week. Um, as I say, we'll take that like uh, yeah. points and uh, we soldier on. I think it's treaty next week, so uh, which will be another tough game. All right, Keith, great stuff. Thanks for joining in as always. Cheers. Take care. Keith Ryan there, Bray Wanderers fan. Let's go to James Lawler, Sligo Rovers supporter. Uh, James, you were about to put some daylight, not just between Sligo and Shamrock Rovers, but maybe Sligo and Derry and Shamrock Rovers with a game in hand as well, 2-0 up at halftime. Uh, though I think as Shane Keegan said, certainly my sense was that Shamrock Rovers were going to launch absolutely everything at Sligo in the second half, that they were going to come back into this game, whether they were going to get a draw, get a victory. It sort of felt they always had enough in the tank. Was that your sense? Or did you think at halftime, actually, you know what, we're onto something here? Um, yes, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at look at the calibre of Shamrock Rovers. <laughs> you know, um, the one thing I will say, and I, I am bouting against Shane Keegan here, they are not what they used to be. I'll tell you that much. Sean uh, Grovers, they're not what they used to be defensively. Uh, Attacking-wise, look at what they brought off the bench tonight. Absolutely mind-boggling. Like It's it's wild. Just the, the quality that they can bring off the bench, you know, is, is, is what killed us tonight. Like, we were absolutely all over the place uh, for the set pieces. They absolutely smashed into us in the second half. You know? Um... Look, the play for Fitzgerald's goal was great. You know, we were we were playing good football. We 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 met Shams uh, on the pitch. We we did well for the first, you know, whatever to get them involved. Um, look at the 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 penalty. The penalty was a penalty, yeah, straight up. But 
I am going to bow that there was a foul on Jordan Hamilton in the play beforehand. It was right in front of us. And uh, I don't know how the referee didn't see it straight away or the linesman. It was, it was straight in front of us. Like, obviously, now, I can't put that as an excuse. But I, well, one thing I will say is that, the, you know, the calibre Shamrock Rovers have, you know, you would expect them to, to, to do well this year, but they are not the team they used to be. That's, that's It's, mad, enough, it's mad as well, James, like that <clears throat> Fitzgerald was obviously deemed surface to requirements at Derry. They're doing unbelievably well, and he's gotten two smashing goals in recent weeks, and he's obviously thriving for overs. Yeah, no, like the... Uh, the uh, the the way that the the four three three the two wingers uh, Fitzgerald and Carlos Sullivan play and I am still on the Carlos Sullivan bandwagon at the minute he is what a player uh, you know just running down he was causing havoc for the the wing backs the Shams day you know catching us and stuff like that you know um, look at <clears throat> the two goals the side let in you know set pieces we were getting hammered by them all game. And, Look, when you go 2 nil up, you'll tend to sit back and, you know, let let, let them try to play. But when it's the calibre of Shamrock Rovers and they bring on Jack Byrne and they bring on all these types of players, uh, you're hopeful that we can hold on. Uh, I was. Um, but look, at if, uh, like, I, I have a car of people here again of supporters. We're, we're on the way home here. And if, uh, you know, we were talking on the way up, and if you had told me that I'd take a point in Tala, uh, you know, I, I you know, the way... We got the point is is annoying because obviously you know we were two 0 up and conceded two goals to you know three points and one point and you look at it, it's the start of the season or whatever but you know right now you know I'm I'm very happy with a point away uh, to Tala. James, the the one thing you'd say is looking at at the way you're going about things, you, you're going to be guaranteed entertainment for the year anyway. I'd imagine, aren't you? Like it's so rare to see any kind of manager go with two out-and-out wingers, as you say, in a 4-3-3, in a two lads who are going to stay high. Um, and as I was saying earlier, you know, they look like such exciting players, the two boys out wide. But I, if, if anybody I thought would have had their measure, I, I thought it would have been Sean and Lee. But, like, Will went down the outside of Sean once or twice. Um, Carl went down the outside of Lee there at, at, at one stage when he got right to the byline and, and cut it back. Yeah, we seem to have lost Shane somewhere along the motorway. You still make some valid points. You, you, still, you still make some good points, even though it's only every second word we're hearing, Shane. You're still making uh, some good points. I, I think you got the gist of what he was saying, though. Yeah, no, no, I, I'd say that. And, and uh, yeah, look at the, 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 the vibe, you know, you when you know your first came on said our you know our shams in a bit of bother i wouldn't say they're in a bit of bother but like look at the, and going back to the caliber they can bring off the bench like you know um you know for us the, you're going going on about our two wingers but you know we have a strike force of three there and look at aiden keena's you know great finish for that goal tonight look, as i said simple mistakes and keena can slot them away you know uh, again, you know, we're raped on about him and he how many amount of goals now a hat trick last week, a goal a goal in, in Tala this week, you know. The Shamrock Rovers for the last while, you know, that they've been you know, we used to go to Tala and get bet two nil, three nil, four nil, you know, you know, to go up there, score two goals in the first half, you know. Okay, look at we sat back and let them let let let, let the, the two set like there like to be fair, Shane, you were spot on earlier. You know, just the balls have been whipped into the box. And to be fair, they were very close chances. You know, I was on the edge of my seat for all the second half. You know, 
decades in a rosary to hoping we'll hang on, you know. But like you know, it's 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 that's football, you know. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy we came away with Tyler from Point. I can't wait for them to come up to the showgrounds because I I'd be sure we we'll 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 stick goals by them. We'll take three points by them. Um, I'm you know I'm I'm not uh, uh, taking anybody at all. You know we're 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 still right where we are. We're still in second place. We still have a game in hand. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm really happy. You know, and and to be, to be fair to Shams, fair play to them. But you know, let's let's go. Well, Johnny, I know you didn't see the match tonight, but we've been talking about Shamrock Rovers since the President's Cup, and we put that performance against St. Pat's down to it. Well, maybe it's still a pre-season game. But we're seven matches in. The only teams they've beaten are UCD, Drogheda, who were two of the bottom three, Bohemians, who were really poor in that derby last week. They haven't won a game away from home. We all keep expecting it to get better and to click into gear. And I do think attacking-wise tonight was probably the best we've seen out of Shamrock Rovers. But the sense from everybody, all the opposition supporters who have played Shamrock Rovers so far, is they're not where they were last season. And I think most people were expecting not to be just where they were last season, but to be getting better, to be getting better and better with Jack Byrne back in the side. And also for them to be better when it came to European football this year. But the signs right now are that that's not the case. No, and like I, I only saw the the first goal tonight. I do wonder, um, you know, it was a, it was a fairly poor goal to give away. I thought, and just looking at the table now, there, um, if, if Derry win their game in hand, which I think is against UCD, they're six points ahead of Rovers. Derry have already played Rovers, Pats, and uh, Sligo and Dundalk, so they've basically played all the top teams around them. Um, and it's interesting. There's, there's a definite title race there. I, I don't really know what it is with Rovers, but their performances haven't been any better than the results that they've gotten, really. Um, you know, they played quite well against the dog, but they coughed up chances as well. And um, as much as it's early days, like, they've, they've already dropped, uh, what is it, seven points they've al- they've already dropped. Um, and I, 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 they've already dropped uh, 10, ten points. points. Sorry, 10 points from 21 already dropped. So, I don't know. They, they don't look... They don't look convincing defensively, um, and they just look they look they don't look the team that they were last season. And I think partly as well, Nathan, it's that there are just better teams this season. I Sligo have been very good, and I was talking about at the start of the season that I more or less thought Will Patching was a bigger signing than Akeleni and Duffy, and it hasn't exactly been proven right or wrong because the other two have been injured. Um, but Patching to get two goals, and there's a great photo emerging on Twitter of him going over to the bench, um, with the Derry bench going mad. And, and on the five-year anniversary of Ryan McBride, I just think that's a really emotional and a smashing win for Derry City, and they're proper title contenders. All right, James. Great stuff, as always. Uh, safe trip home. Let's get on to our next caller on League of Ireland Late Night. Graham Merrigan is with us. Evening, Graham. Evening, Nathan. How are you, lads? Not too bad. Uh, what's caught your eye tonight? What would you like to talk about? Yeah, well, um, people talking about the panic. Uh, has panic set in at Rovers? Uh, with the with the results, it's only seven games in. Like, and we will. We I think we will start to gel um, as soon as maybe May, the end of April, May comes around. The squad is just as as Shane always says every week. The squad is just ridiculous, and I think I think the likes of I don't think Sligo have a have a, a strong enough squad, and I don't think um, I don't think uh, Pats have a strong enough squad. 
and I think it will be between Rovers and Derry. But like that, the the Rovers and Derry game up in the Brandywell was just the the weather was terrible. Like now, mm. and it was a it was a it was a mistake, and a lot of our goals that were conceding are kind of individual errors. So as the season progresses, they'll all be nipped in the bud. And you'd seen Barry Cotter make a mistake tonight, and his head just went straight after that mistake. You could see, like you know, he was fell trolling and he fell trolling, and and he, he was just his head was gone. So. I think everyone just needs to relax a bit and uh, I think we will retain. Graham, do you think they're any better than last season? Um, I think I, I think we were scraping results last season at this stage, at this right, uh, this same stage last season. I think we were scraping wins. Um, and this season we kind of we already have two losses on the road and a, a couple of draws, you know, so I'm not worried at all like yeah, I, I think Graham, <laughs> whenever about Rovers, like, I was fully expecting a load of Bose fans to be coming on here just saying that, oh, like, the end is nigh and all this, because um, it just seems to have been building up in Daily Mount that things aren't great there, and today was a terrible, terrible result after going one nil up, but um, it hasn't happened yet anyway. Well, the, panics, the, the panic button should be, should be pressed at Daily Mount Park. If you're getting a draw, with the aspirations they seemingly have, and they're getting a draw at the, at the bowl... Yeah, I saw I saw people on Twitter like there's no doubt about it. Like uh, seven points from six is a very very poor start, and they were they scraped to draw at home to shells. Like not to be able to beat UCD after going one nil up. Dawson Devoy taking off with 15 minutes to go. I'm definitely interested if anyone was at that game because I honestly thought Bowes would be doing better than this. Definitely, and I think there's a lot of pressure on uh, Promise as well. Um, just far, I think there's far too much pressure on him. Graham, in, interesting tonight to see him use uh, Jack Deeper. Brought Jack brought Jack in as one of the two out and out centre bids rather than one of the double tens um, behind the centre forward. Do, yeah, do you think, I, will we see I, a bit I, more of that? Um, I don't know, but I think that probably was. I think that was probably because we were two down. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it, I, when I seen it happen and I seen Gary O'Neill go off, I was kind of going, "Oh, Jesus, what's going to happen?" But like you said there, Shane, that like. Talking at half time, I was probably irrational to me, mate. You know, thinking, "Geez, what's going on here?" or whatever. Then on reflection, like I'm, I'm like you. Then at the second half, as soon as the first sixty seconds, two minutes, I just felt like we were going to get something out of it. Um, and I think Lee Grace has just been superb this season, and he always is superb. Here um, we go. Here we go. Just keep playing on talking about Lee Grace all night. Oh, I brought him to United. I shouldn't have sold him. I, I wouldn't have sold money. We needed the money, and look at us now. Blah blah blah. <laughs> Settling in very well as well, I think as well. So, um, I wouldn't have any worries, and I think we'll retain. Train her out. He's a different class, lads. He is though everything about him. the way he carries himself, uh, the way he his 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 play is his one v one defending is absolutely top class. I I I honestly don't think there's a better centre half in the league. I really really don't. I know I'm biased, but I don't give a shite. There isn't a better yeah. centre half. <laughs> the only positive I'll take from Sligo tonight was probably Ed McGinty. Uh, I I would love to to see Ed McGinty replace Alan Manis in the long term. Well, Actually, I was going Graham, to ask Sligo uh, corner exactly that. Yeah, Rovers fan was asking me, Sligo Rovers fan was asking me to ask about Ed McGinty. What was he like tonight? Uh, he was good. Like he, he was definitely acting the Aaron Ramsdale at times uh, when, he was, <laughs> when he was doing his kickouts. Um, <laughs> that was a bit of crack, though. Um, I, like, Graham, the save, uh, the, save from, the save from Pico's header was top class. Sensational. I was right behind it. I don't know how he got to it. I don't know how he got to it. It was about five yards, six yards out, like. 
Um, I think he's, I think he's the second best goalkeeper in the league after Big Al. Well, Big Al is not the best goalkeeper in the league anymore. I mean, come on. <laughs> I still, I still think Rovers, Rovers could. I mean, like Alan Manis at his age, it's just difficult for him. And there's, I don't know. I still think that's an issue for Rovers. Leon came in during the week and uh, he made a bad mistake, nearly. Nearly paid for it. Then he ended up playing all right. But I, I'm not sure that's not an issue for Rovers. I genuinely mean that. Graham, uh, you're uh, you're certainly more positive than the Shamrock Rovers supporters who were sitting around myself and Shane uh, tonight uh, at halftime. I, I don't want to say they were in full-on panic mode, but their saying, Shane, was that this was the culmination of what they'd seen over the first month of the season, that that sort of uh, scoreline at halftime uh, was was coming for, for Rovers. Where do you see Jack Byrne? Do you see do you see Shane any possibility that Jack plays in that deeper role on a more consistent basis? Um, I don't. If if he was, I think it would be alongside Gary O'Neill rather than for Gary O'Neill. I mean, I think as Graham says, that was that 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 substitution on any other normal day would make absolutely no sense. But to be fair to Bradley, I can completely understand where he was going with it tonight because. Gary O'Neill's skill set, given when you're 2-0 down and you're about keeping the ball and keeping the tempo, Gary O'Neill's skill set almost became obsolete, if that makes sense, based on the scoreline. So I I think, could it be Gary O'Neill beside Jack? It could, but... Jeez, Dylan Watts is, is a fantastic player mm. to watch as well. You know, he's 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 so so good. Look, I, I I'm I'm surprised they gave Jack a rest at all. I suppose you are in a week where it's three games in seven days. Um, but I would argue that had Jack started the game, um, I think Rovers might I think Sligo Rovers might have went home pointless if he if he'd been on the field for the full ninety because he just he was just scheming from the minute he came on. He was just scheming. He was always looking to make something happen. Um, and I, 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 you know, you, you got the feeling straight away that he was going to drag. I know he didn't, wasn't directly involved, but you just got the feeling he was going to drag him back into the game. You know, Neil Cody was dangerous when he came on as well, and I think. Now, you were saying about fans around you like the expectation at Rovers is so high that I think some fans uh, to their detriment that catastrophize uh, maybe draws or the odd defeat here or there because of the expectation and I, I just I'm not I wouldn't be hitting the panic button at all if it was July maybe I'd be thinking ah oh, here what's going on but no I, th- I think I think we'll be fine Calmness is not what this show is about, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot for calling in, Graham. Uh, it's League of Ireland late night. It is Friday night. It's March 18th, and we've had a busy evening and any amount of good storylines in the League of Ireland. If you missed the start of the show, it'll all be up as a podcast bright and early tomorrow morning on Off the Ball. Just get onto our football podcast and you can download it there. Uh, let's get to mention as well, um, go on, go on, Nathan, very briefly. Um, Shane said Lee Grace is the best centre back in the league. Um, I think Alex Murphy could oh be. God. Um, could be. Uh, no. I could, I think he could be like way ahead of the League of Ireland standard. I just bring him up because he was brought off injured in the first half, which did not look like a good injury. I was told three or four clubs were there to look at him tonight, so haven't heard back. But um, I just hope it's not too serious because he's performed to be unbelievable. I just hope he'll be back soon, and it's not a serious injury. But worries for going on. Yeah, hopefully it's not a serious injury. But come on, Johnny, honesty is what's needed on League of Ireland late night. What percentage have you got? In terms of what? Alex Murphy's future. <laughs> How much well, money are you going to make? I know. I saw I you on Twitter during the week claiming you, some people were saying maybe a hundred grand to be a good price. You were getting very upset about it. Uh, no, it would. Yeah, it would. Absolutely. He, he should be going for If a bank was half a million, Alex Murphy's Alex, Alex Murphy's a better player than a bank was. So that's, that's all I'm saying. 
Shane. You wanted outlandish talk. You weren't happy with Graham being level-headed. Johnny has taken you up on your challenge. There we go. Some outlandish talk. All right, Pats fans, uh, let's hear what you have to think about that. Alex Murphy, better than James Abankwa. All right, get your calls in. Just click the button on the bottom left-hand corner that says request if you want to come live on air. Our next caller is ready. It is John Marley, who is a Dundalk fan. Sick of their draws, Dundalk. Well, it came to an end, uh, finally, for Dundalk, but not in the way that they uh, would have wanted. James... What do you got to say for yourself? Good evening, fellas. Um, I'd like to, first of all, voice my disagreement with some of the comments that were made earlier about the decision to televise the, the game this evening. Um, because, well, uh, I think some of the so, so the way it was framed, the, the remarks about, you know, not, not, not having it be close to everything else, I think that's a bit silly, to be honest with you. You know, the league's pretty, fairly Dublin-centric as it is already, so you can't just be televising the same teams every week, right? And it's, it's, it's a derby, for goodness sake, you know? You know, a game of significant importance to the people of the town and presumably the people of Drogheda as well. Uh, first proper one, if you discount games played without fans or with very few in about five years or so. So that that's, well, I'll end the Malone couple. That's really friendly. Anyway, that, that's my piece on that. Um, as for the actual uh, team, as for the actual uh, performance of Dundalk, uh, I have reason to be optimistic personally. I don't know if that's shared by by other supporters, but uh, I think uh, I think we're building something personally. Disappointing to lose this evening in the fashion that we did. Um, hard to tell. I mean, from what I've seen online, the videos and so on, I, I, the penalty seems at, at, at best questionable. Uh, for one, uh, we had a. I think we had a number of opportunities in which we possibly could have scored. Uh, Hoban really should have scored in the first half. I'm a bit disappointed in him. Uh, that he couldn't put that one away. And we, we had a few moments. I think we're gelling something, though. Uh, that's my personal view, anyway. John, two two things. So, first one I'd say is, to be fair, I don't think... Uh, I think the argument we were making for the TV game was far more based on, on the game that they didn't show rather than the game that they did. Um, look, obviously, Dundalk and Drogheda is, is a huge game for, for the people in the region. And it's, it's not that that game shouldn't be on TV. It's just you would question how when the team who won last year's league are playing against the team who were... Did they go in top tonight? Were they top going in tonight, Nathan? Um, but they're thereabouts anyway. When you've got two sides like that coming up against each other, I just I suppose I couldn't understand why that wouldn't have got priority um, over the other one. And apologies if it came across that that there, there was no... Uh, that, that, that we didn't rate the other one as a game. The other thing I'd say is... so. I'm sitting in Tala, obviously, so that's the only game I can see. I got a text through from a friend of mine who said that uh, he said to me with about what would have been about 10 minutes left in the game, I suppose, there or thereabouts. Text through said Drogheda should be 3 0 up here, um, which nearly made me fall off the seat in, in, in Tala. Was was that the case, or was he getting a bit carried away? Or I, I, I would have seen that game as, as, as a, a Dundalk win all day long, to be honest with you. I don't really see what the. I can't recall them having any particular chances to score except one in the first half where uh, we had to make a clearance off the line and also the penalty, which is at very at most questionable. Um, so I, I don't think I would agree with that, no. Uh, although that's that's my personal view on, on things. And maybe, I'm, maybe this is just me being uh, a bit overly optimistic, I suppose, and trying to, try, trying to view everything through a, a Dundalk-friendly lens, I suppose. <laughs> but, uh, who... 
who did well for you tonight, John? I assume Bradley is only making his way back from injury. Is that why he was he was he wasn't starting? He came off the bench. Uh, Sloggett, I think, has really stepped up this season, and tonight was another example of that. Um, I've been a bit frustrated with Hoban. He, he's felt a bit static at times. Just balls coming into him, and he's just not really. I don't know. I don't really know how to how to how to really phrase it. Um, uh, the the centre halves are, are pretty uh, pretty solid enough, I would say. Um, I like the keeper personally, although I I, I don't know if that's if that, if that's uh, that's my own view. And uh, I like some of the some of the stylistic sort of decisions that Stephen has made. Um, what are they? What are those stylistic decisions that you see that he's trying to I think I think he's introduced kind of a, a an interesting counter press whenever we we lose the ball is there's, there's a bit more urgency in terms of uh, trying to trying to win the ball back instantly that 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 seems a lot very distinct from from how we were previously last season for instance uh, so I, I would say that that's a, that's a that's a change that has been made for the for the positive I would think and now this the, the, you know. Um, it is mad though. Like the talk have have eight points from from twenty one, and like they've one win so far, and and like they played so well against Shamrock Rovers. I I have to say I did not see that coming tonight. Yeah, that's the well, the um, I suppose that that's the thing. The glass half full uh, attitude is that hadn't lost before this evening. Uh, the glass half empty is that we've only had the one win. Uh, I mean. We have played some of the better teams, I think. You know, we got decent points against Derry when I think we were unlucky not to win, and point against Rovers as well. Uh, the disappointments would be the Shells game. I think we should have, we, you know, we, it was disappointing that we couldn't do enough to win that one. And, and obviously, as well as that, John. Sorry, you know, like this talk is kind of we're almost dominating by talking about Dundalk when like Drogheda will feel that. They, and this is a lot of what about re, but like Michael Duffy's injury completely overshadowed the fact that Darren Markey and Mark Hughes were badly injured in the same game for Drada. Mar- the tackle on Mark Hughes wasn't good, whereas the tackle on Michael Duffy was completely innocuous, I thought. And fair play to Drada with the injuries that they had gone into that game um, and like the pressure that maybe they they were under or the kind of expectation that they've two wins under their belts now. And I'm delighted for Kev Doherty and Dara Doyle as well that they got that in front of TV. And uh, I, unlike you, you lads, I don't have any issue with Drodd and the dock being on TV. I know the ground is a kit, but so is Oriel. So, I mean, you, you might as well not show games at either if you're going to have that kind of um, attitude towards it. And uh, I'm delighted that they're showing loud derbies because it's a good occasion and it's good to see other teams around the league on TV as well. Johnny, I literally just said it had nothing to do with it being at Oriel or it had nothing to no, do with that's, the dock. That's, that's, that's something we'll say that Dan McDonald would say. And I, I can see where he's coming from in terms of like, and he would point out that, like, if you're if you're not showing United Park, you don't show Oriel. And I think RT has a preference, obviously, for going to good grounds. But, like, United Park is kind of old school. I don't think it looks bad on TV. And a loud derby shouldn't not be on TV, put it that way. Yeah, well, I think if we could get into it. earlier. You could get into lots of matches, I think, that uh, should be on TV that probably aren't. Uh, what happened at the end of the match, John? Oh, yeah, the stewards at 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 at, uh, at head in the game park, as it's now known, didn't really cover themselves in glory. Uh, well, it didn't seem as though anybody really covered themselves uh, in glory. So there was well, a, yeah, a, a bit of a pitch invasion from both sets. Of yeah, scorers. the stewards failed to do their job. Is the is is really uh, is is kind of the primary takeaway, is what I would say. Uh, some well, it started with some of the home supporters. Um, I could make a quip about them celebrating 
one win as if they won the cup or something but they did they were i i suppose understandably uh delighted to have to have won so some of them made their way onto the pitch uh, climbed over the the railing beh- uh, over the main stand and some of them decided to uh, approach the away end and sort of start taunting us and so on um and you know i think uh so well this might be my biased perspective, but clearly the, the, the home fans were the instigators there. Were there, were there cops there, John? Were there because I'm just looking, I I see stewards, I don't see any cops. Yeah, there were there were there were guardy on the pitch after they cleared it. I didn't notice any there prior to that, which is the regard you know, there were guardy outside the ground, the regardy that came kind of after the, the unpleasantness started. Um so yeah, we had some of ours then climbed over and um confronted the the home supporters and there were some fisty cuffs i noticed so it, it was kind of uh slightly unpleasant scenes after uh after i think um now under any circumstances i wouldn't have been necessarily happy with the way the game went from from the perspective of us losing but the atmosphere i thought was uh, was excellent for most of the game i thought um i, I thought it was re- you could really tell that it was um it was an occasion and uh, admittedly, yeah, I'm going to be disappointed that we lost. But with the exception of the, uh, you know, prior to the, you know, unsavory scenes, I suppose you might say, starting, I think it was, uh, was it would have been enjoyable viewing, uh, or not maybe not enjoy. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but you know, uh, a good scene, a good occasion. I think I would I would put it as. But no, the the stewards really should have done more in that instance, in my opinion. All right, John. Thanks a lot for your call. Okay, no bother, lads. Unfortunately, uh, these are the images that will probably be around social media over uh, the next 24 hours or so. Gavin Smith has been using the hashtag LOI late night. Johnny, spot on about Alex Murphy. Huge talent. 100K, very light for him. And uh, Michal Lafayette was at Talat tonight. Second half, excellent. Loads of chances. Lines, a huge threat. The best player and the best player in the league made a big difference, uh, presumably talking about the introduction of Jack Byrne at halftime for Shamrock Rovers. Uh, let's do some rapid fire on League of Ireland late night because it is getting very late on this League of Ireland late night. If you missed the last hour or so, you can get the podcast back early tomorrow morning. And let's go to the first division. Connor is on the line. Evening, Connor. Good evening. How are you? Uh, Cork City fan, I think I can tell from your Twitter profile. Another win tonight, top of the league. What's the performance has been like for Cork? Oh, it was brilliant today. I I couldn't tell you that anyone is bad. It was good all over the park, like. We've had some Cork fans on over the last week who uh, have been talking about, think about the connection that seems to be there between the supporters and the players that sometimes when you don't bounce straight back up to the Premier Division that interest levels can wane. It really doesn't feel like that's the case at Turner's Cross now. There's a sense of momentum, a, a sense that this Cork side is going to achieve something this season. 100%. Like, we've had, I think it was only 16 off 5k against Galway. We got about 4,000 against Cove and we got nearly 4,000 against Watford, I think. So like they the the crowds are back at the cross lake and even though we're not in the Premier Division like the there's the performances that are there still like and there's an interest in the buzzes there like Connor savage to see Shane Connor what what one man who disappeared off my radar there uh, over the last year or two who who had been firmly on my radar previous to that um Aaron uh, Bulger Aaron it is Aaron isn't it is his first yeah name? it is. Oh, yeah. I, I thought he, I thought he was so good today. I, I'd almost forgot about him because there was so much hype around him when he when he was coming through at Rovers initially, 
Oh, he, he was the best player by a million miles on the field today. He was so, yeah. so tidy in possession and, and, you know, ratting after the ball when he didn't have it. He's hassling Harry and winning it back instantly. I thought I thought he was absolutely excellent. And I, I, I think he would, from what I saw today, he, he looks like he's going to be the standout centre midfielder in, the, in that division. I, I'd imagine he's going to drive you on to getting close enough to it. The, the thing is, he, since um, Matt Healy's come into the midfield as well, and we've gone to the trade midfield instead of just him and Barry Coffey, he's performed way better. Like because we only switched to the trade midfield since the game is the game against Cove. Okay, well it definitely definitely worked oh, today. It, it, it's, def- it's after helping them, like. Yeah, it yeah, definitely he, worked he, today. He, he went to Cardiff, remember, Shane? That's right. That's right. Yeah, but it, like it didn't it didn't make sense at the time because he hadn't done enough. But I, I love this thing with Cork City. Cork City are managed by Colin Healy and it's gone completely under the radar because there's so much else going on in the league. Colin Healy has he was also off for two weeks for personal reasons or whatever. There's not much made about that. He's come back in, it was his birthday, they beat Watford, and now they hammer Limerick and like you can imagine playing for him, I'd say, is pretty cool as a midfielder as well. Oh, a hundred percent. Like he obviously he was gone for the, the personal reasons and um, the, the start of March. Like, but he he was really after building up um, after what was left from Neil Finlay. Yeah, no, they, they, were, they were very, very good. All right, today. Connor, Absolutely. great stuff. We'll uh, roll on with the callers. We want to get through a few more before we finish up. All right, thanks a lot, Connor. Lots more to talk about Cork City over the next uh, few weeks. Uh, let's go to Jonathan Higgins, who I uh, was on a couple of weeks ago and uh, has been watching Go United. I uh, don't know, he was missing his co-commentator again tonight, I think, uh, remarkably. Uh, but Jonathan, uh, a good win for Galway, 2-1 away at Athlone, uh, following the Twitter feed. Uh, were they hanging on a little bit? Oh, very half? much so. At the end, it was uh, the first half again. Not one for the Putrist. Galway initially started quite well. Uh, Johnny's favourite was uh, full of life down the left wing, but then when he went off with that injury, and knee injury, I believe, um, things went a bit askew, really, and Athlone looked completely unrecognisable from the from the lofty position at the, the, at the basement of the table. Um, they played some very good football. Goal, we were very passive. They allowed them to play good football. Not really many chances in the second half. And even when Goal, we did make the breakthrough in the second half, it was uh, two long, old-fashioned uh, bombardments into the box from Killian Bruder. A throw-ins from either side. And I have to say, I was absolutely delighted for, for Manu Dimas. Um, he had that... It's probably the worst thing to happen to you in football. He came on to sub last week and with 3D pushing forward, John had to take him off and put on another, another defender. So he, he had to come off. So he only lasted about 10 minutes of action last week, but he came on at half time and scored the opening goal. And, uh, you know, you could just tell even chatting him afterwards, just that even in his pigeon English, he was absolutely delighted with himself, delighted with life. Uh, Wilson then got another one. We have to look back on it. Um, Julian's beside me here as well, Johnny. He says hello. But um, it was a little, another a little throw from the other side. And then Wilson flicked it. Galway looked absolutely at home cruising. They changed to three at the back at half time. Badger went back. McCormick went back, sat in the middle of defence. Everything looked rosy. Then Wilson gets taken off and they score on the counter attack. And then the last five, ten minutes was as crazy as a game of football as you see in your life. There was bodies going absolutely everywhere. Uh, it felt like there was more people on the ground than there was uh, standing up uh, in the Galway penalty area. Um, it looked like for all the world, maybe the home side might get the result. But Galway, as they've done all season, just hang on and just about do enough. 
it, it sounds like we scored three three goals in two games from long throws. This is why this is why we the love beautiful this game. game and uh, we only made the comment I think last week that you know Bruder does so many of these throws, did so many of them last season in particular that they haven't been coming to, you know, haven't been reaping any rewards. And here's three goals now from them. Um, it's it's funny that loan started in the second half as well, so maybe the trend is catching on again. Go United, John Caulfield setting a new tactical master plan for first division football. Uh, only on beaten side in the first division, Johnny. Yeah, 13 from 15, and I think um, if you ask any Go United fan, I'm not even sure we've played well for 90 minutes in any game. Um, we, we were holding on a bit against Limerick. Our football isn't much different to last season, but we are scoring goals. And um, there's going to be some... It's a, if Whatever about the Premier Division, it's a complete and utter three-horse race, and there are literally only three teams that count in the first division. And the problem is only one of them can go up, and... Only one of them then will get into a playoff against the Premier Division team. So it's going to be fascinating. And I think massive crowds at all three venues. But uh, momentum is massive, um, Nathan, because we started last two seasons very poorly. So I, I'm thrilled with things at the moment. All right, Johnson, Thanks, safe home. Guys. Let's move on to Ben Dorgan, who is a Bohemians fan. Evening, Ben. Evening, lads. How are you? Not too bad. Just one win all season. Uh, UCD was, I'd imagine, the sort of game you were looking at as a bit of a banker. It wasn't to be. Uh, definitely not, no. Um, I thought UCD played very well, first and foremost. Like, completely, like, played us off the park, really. Like, they just battled so much more for the ball. They wanted much more than us. And, like, at the moment, bows just don't look... A lot of the players just don't look like they gel together. Like... They look like a completely disjointed team and it's shown so much on the pitch at the moment. And like I mean a lot of people are saying like the losses of Keith Buckley, Rob Cornwall, um few or a few others last season, like pe- people with experience and the leaders in the team that, that was gonna hurt us this year, like losing them. And at the moment it is shown because like Bows right now, the team we have right now, still a very young team, but like you would still be expecting with like the quality we have this season that um we should be winning these type of games but at the moment it's not looking it's it's, it's just not looking helpful at the moment and you, you'd wonder where we go you'd wonder where we go for the next few games at least Shane where do you think Bowes are going um, Ben went through some of the players that left obviously they, they lost Georgie Kelly as well top scorer in the league who's uh, well, I, I don't know if he is that difficult to replace because Promises come in, scored another goal today, has made a big impact, was missed against Rovers last week. But does feel a little bit from any of the Bulls callers we've had on, they're in a little bit of limbo this season. It's just the constant turnover of players, Nathan, isn't it? Really, like, you, you know, every season they seem to lose uh, half a dozen of them and it's it's usually obviously the most important ones. And, like, I, I don't know, I, I would have thought with... I would have thought with the the combination, I suppose, of the the Matt Doherty money and then qualifying for Europe and that, um, that you would have been able to start holding on to those players a little bit better. Like, Keith Buckley, okay, you can understand the Georgie Kelly one. There's nothing they can do there, right? But losing somebody like like uh, Buckley and and Casey, fellas who who've gone abroad, one for football, one not even for football reasons. 
how has that been allowed to happen? I don't really understand how. Well, that's I don't think they're paying bad wages, Shane. Like, and I think um, I, I don't think it's that bows are are like as poor maybe as some people think. It's that maybe maybe Bucko just fancied at this stage of his career, uh, he fancied some difference. But what, the, the thing for me is what's interesting is that they've no defensive midfielders whatsoever, and they seem to be compensating by kind of playing um, offensive or creative players in more sort of defensive positions, and as such, it's just not working for them. Yeah, well, two things I'd say on that, right? I, I don't know. We can only speculate on why why Bucko went, right? But what I'm saying is, Johnny, you put a contract in front of him that said that knocks any notions of going traveling out of his head fairly fucking quickly, so you do. Mm. Um, I, I think maybe there might even have been a little bit of an underappreciation for Bucko. Not, I'm not even saying maybe from management. I, just in general, I, I'd be a huge fan of his and everything that he brings to the setup. And in terms of your second point, yeah, like you look at, at again, you're only going on what you're looking at on, on, the, on the phone, really, from a game that you didn't see. But like to see Dawson Devoy coming off with what 20 minutes left or, or, or that there, thereabouts, is it 15, 20 minutes left um, in a game that's hanging in the balance? Um, um, you know, can I just say that go on. Like Dawson going off, I can say right now that that's justified. Like, he hasn't, based, based on it, his performance, is it? Yeah, I don't know if it's a case of like where he's being played, but like so far this season, he's been yeah, well, he's uh, being a shadow of himself this that's, season. That's yeah, that's exactly now, what I, I don't know if he could have like a move to England in the balance or yeah. I read there was something about MK Don's like in a couple well, he didn't want to go. He, he didn't want to go. Like he was yeah, that, he that move was he was down. That was down to him. He he he, he, he turned, turned it down. down in the end. Like he said in an interview recently as well that he thought like saying a bows for another year or so would like hence his development or something like that. But um no, he's been like the team last year he was one of like one of the top prospects in the league and like possibly one of the best midfielders in the league. Definitely at his age group at least. But yeah, this this season now, like but he hasn't showed up for any of the games this season at all. Like today even you see like he like, just didn't he just doesn't look himself this season but, at all. Like, but, but Ben, that's that's where I'm saying, right? I know this, I know this might seem a little bit of a leap now when I when I make this comparison, right? But you remember the real good Milan team, right? And you had to me, Gattuso was always in there as Pirlo's minder. He just he mm. just got around the place and stuck the tackles in and won the ball and then passed it to Pirlo to do the, the prettier stuff. For me, that's exactly what the Buckley Devoy partnership was. Definitely, you know, I agree with you there. And I, I I think Devoy is massively massively missing Buckley. Mm. No, I agree. I agree with that completely. Like Buckley's like presence on the void beside and presence on the whole team itself is something that like wasn't going to be easily replaced at all. Like those next two games are against Jerry and Brigo. Mm. And that's not going to be. I don't think a lot of people will be optimistic for that at the moment. I'd be very surprised if he is getting decent results out of that with the form that Derry and Sligo are on at the moment but um, I'm open to, I'm, I'm open to be a surprise at the moment but, Ben uh, I, I, I saw when you tweeted I saw when, when the official Twitter account tweeted the final score um, the comments underneath it are, are, are not good like but surely surely to God Keith and Trevor have enough goodwill in the bank that like I was amazed like, the, the amount of tweets I saw underneath it literally calling for Keith's head like I I I know you're not in the greatest of runs, but surely that's an overreaction. Like they must have enough goodwill in the bank based on what you've achieved over the last few years. Yeah, I've seen a good. Yeah, I've seen a good few tweets as well after the result today, saying that um, 
I think the people saying that it's time for a change and that he's took us as far as he can, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, who who else is kind of like? It, like Keith knows the club best. Keith knows like the players of this club best, and who else is gonna like come in and take over the club and do a better like not even do a better job, but like who else is like able to come in at the moment? Like I'd much rather stick with Long at the moment and see what he can get out of this group of players. Like fair play, Ben. Thanks a lot for calling in uh, late on this Friday night on League of Ireland late night. Uh, hopefully we we'll chat again over the next few weeks. Uh, let's very quickly get to Luke Jennings. Luke, good evening. Hi, how are you? I'm all right. Were you in Tala this evening? I was. I was. Um, yeah. Um, the first half kind of left a bit to be desired. Um, it felt like Sligo got two chances, put both of them away. Kind of Aiden Keener kind of represents everything we need in a striker right now. So he took his goal very well. But I taught myself that the stopper and coming on at half time really did change the game. Obviously, probably the most technical player in the league. And um, it just really made a difference in the second half, kind of just sustaining attacks. And it's really hitting you, hitting Sligo with wave after wave of attack to get a draw out of the game. So, look, a draw. Interior isn't the best, but I would have taken a half time. So. Graham, who was on earlier, Shamrock Rovers supporter, uh, certainly wasn't panicking and maybe got the sense that we were being overly critical of Shamrock Rovers. I guess, Shane, we're just holding them to a higher standard because of what they've achieved over the last couple of years and a hope and an expectation that they would surpass that this season and that that then come the summer would lead into an improved performance in Europe and so far we just haven't seen that and that's where the criticism is coming from yeah and that's that's completely and utterly understandable and that that criticism is valid it, it's a hundred percent valid I suppose the point I just keep making is I I do believe you know for want of a better way of putting it that the cream comes to the top like the amount of quality they have there I just find it impossible Nathan that we're not going I'm impossible to believe that we're not going to see a stage this season where Shamrock Rovers literally pick up 10 wins in a row I, I think it will come I think they'll just they will that's find not, that that's point. not going to happen Shane it's just it the, is. League is, the league is too competitive this year there's no way Rovers going on a 10 game winning run there's, like they have to play Sligo Dundalk Derry City um, St. Pat's and even the likes of Harps Bowes getting going it's just not going to happen okay. the, league is, you, the league's too competitive John, Johnny right you say okay if, if they're on form okay granted a couple of them aren't in their best form at the moment if they're on form you, you tell me what players from the other nine teams in the league Make Shamrock Rovers starting eleven. Yeah, well, a lot of the Derry players will say if they had their best eleven, McElhenney, Patching, McGonigal, and obviously Duffy could well get on. But Rovers can only play eleven players, and and people go on about all oh, the bench is doing so well for them. The eleven players that they've had on the pitch at any one time this season hasn't been any better than some of the other teams around them, and they're not going to walk the league this season. Uh, I uh, I disagree. I I still think that I, I'm just not. There's too much quality there. I, I I I can't see it. I genuinely can't see it. I still think that they're going to win it with probably half a dozen points to spare. Right. So uh, Luke Shane Shane Keegan was there tonight. And he's very much on your side that it's not panic stations. Uh, surely though, you were expecting more from the first seven games of the season than ten drop points. For sure. Yeah. No. It's. Uh... Oh, it's a tough one. Like as Johnny says, like I don't think we're going a ten-game winning streak. I think the league's too competitive. But at the same time, like thirty-six games is a long period of time, and I think the cream will rise to the top in the end. It's just a matter of kind of getting that harmony in the squad. And I, I'm glad he talked a lot about peak and in the summer last year for Europe. So I think he almost has one eye on that and hitting our levels at the right time of the season. But I do agree, we've dropped too many points thus far. 
Johnny, I, I'm always wary of how I talk about some of the other clubs and you can talk about them progressing and what makes a, maybe a Shamrock Rovers better. But if you look at Sligo tonight at both ends of the pitch, and Ed McGinty in goal, uh, maybe not this season, but maybe next season uh, as a replacement for Alan Manis, and also Aidan Keena in a league that is crying out for goal scorers, Sligo have got themselves one. Yeah, like I and again, I I, th- so, I think some Sligo fans accuse us of being a bit lazy at the start of the season. And I'm looking at Aidan Keane, he's come from Falkirk, doesn't really add up. But Buckley knew him from his time at Pats, and he's obviously just a very, very good player. And he might even finish top score this season. I think a lot of people will agree that McGinty's the best goalkeeper in the league. And what Buckley has done at Sligo Rovers, I have to say, like, I was lazily looking at Mahan has gone, Kenny's gone. They, they maybe overachieved last season. He's just gotten them playing really well. I think they have a great spirit. I think they have a better spirit than a lot of other teams as well. Great bunch of uh, lads. And for the moment, they're in the title race. And I think Keena could well finish top score the way he's playing. Uh, Luke, thanks a lot. It's getting very late. We'll have one last caller in League of Ireland late night. If you haven't... Uh, or if you've missed any of the show tonight, it's all up on podcast. You can hear it back uh, from early Saturday morning. So, you know, if you can't be with us, if you're just having that one drink after the match and you miss the start of the show, you can listen back to the podcast. And we are, I think, going to do one of these shows, if not after both internationals, certainly after one of the internationals, in what will surely be, Johnny, a Stephen Kenny Lovin. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I just, uh, I just hope... No can... dissenters allowed. No dissenters allowed. I'm sure he, he, he'll never have a better uh, Thursday night, though, than being on the Late Late Show uh, with a glass of water in front of him. I can't believe they didn't ask him to sing a song. Yeah, I know. Him, him John C. Riley, and the rest of them in a kind of duet or whatever. Yeah, it, it needs to happen. Uh, all right, let's get to our last caller of the night. Ronan McGinley, good evening. Hello? Don't let us down, Ronan. Are you there? Can you hear I think us, Ronan? Not- Hello, can you hear me? We can, loud and clear. Happy How are you, Ronan? No, I'm very good. Derry City fans, so... Thank you. Ah, well, let's finish, let's finish with well, the league leaders. Being top of the league, can't fit it. But no... How good is Bill Patching? Oh, Patching, he's magic, seriously. He honestly is magic. Just when... Anytime he's on the ball and you have any space, he's, gonna, he's just going to da- cause damage to anyone. And he's... Yeah, he's just great. At the moment, anyway. Like, you consider, Ronan, like... The three, all these marquee signings between McElhenney, Duffy, and Smith, they've barely played at all, and Derry are still top of the league. Yeah, no, it's great because like Patchen was always like the reliable one that you knew was going to come in, and he would just because he's been there before, he would just slot straight in. With like McElhenney and Duffy, they had their injuries, and Smith as well as his injuries at the moment. Yeah, it's just it's just amazing at the moment, Patchen. Like, but the issue is that. In that midfield area, we don't really have a lot of options at the moment. Because at the moment, we went Dunnigan and Patchen and like, Kavanagh. And like with Harkin now being out for the season, like we would need to add at least another body, potentially two bodies into that midfield. But, you know, it's a great start so far. First, And with McGonagall up Roland, top. Ronald, there's going to a lot of late goals, whether it's you know the extremely late, like tonight, injury time winners, are also even just goals in the last 15, 20 minutes of games. Are they generally starting matches slowly and grinding the opposition down, or is, 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 there, a, is there a reason we're seeing that from Derry? Tonight, we started really well. We, the first half an hour, we completely dominated. St. Pat's, really, like, I would have been, if I was a St. Pat's fan, I'd be very disappointed, because Derry, you know, 
we played on Monday. We've lost key players. It was a chance, and they they've just come off some good results. It was a chance for them to come in and really cause damage to us. But the first half an hour, Derry dominated. They sort of got their way back into the game, scored a brilliant goal, and then but then Derry battled back and a late goal again. And with McGonagall patching, you can always get like a spark of magic, and you can win a game. The loss of Michael Duffy, obviously, personally for Duffy, it's a huge blow. We don't know if he'll be able to play again this season. But in a way, because he hasn't, he hadn't played, you don't really know what you've lost. So I don't know if, it, if you feel it's going to well, have a big impact as the season rolls on. He came on for 10 minutes on Monday and the whole lust around the stadium was just, it was unbelievable. Right. Honestly, when he came on, everyone was clapping and cheering. And like when the injury happened, like he just knew immediately that it was a bad one. And like Nathan, it, it it it's absolutely heartbreaking because like I don't know if you know the lad, but you couldn't, you just couldn't meet a nicer fella. Like he is so so unassuming for a fella who has the talent that he has. He literally he's horizontal. He's so laid back and he just tips along. He's he's the quiet man in the corner, kind of so he is. You can get a bit of a laugh and a joke of him, but there is zero zero ego. Um, and for a fella who was you know twelve to eighteen months ago. You know, really, really banging on the door of trying to break into the full Irish squad. I mean, the last full season he had without injury, he was right up there with Jack Byrne in terms of of, of assists and creativity and absolutely everything. And you were just really, really looking for looking forward to it kicking on back at home for him this season. And ah, oh, I, I couldn't. I believe, I was, tonight, Shane, that the, it's, there's a suggestion it might not be quite as bad. I heard that. Really thing, hope you're right. I heard twelve weeks, which when you consider next week is off, it just might not be so bad. And you can see it. Now, Michael Duffy stars in the last couple of months of the season and Derry win the league. You heard it here first. <laughs> well, that is what we want to send Ronan home with. Ronan, I don't know if you listen to Shane Keegan. He feels you're going to finish half a dozen points behind Rovers. Yeah, no, we'll <laughs> beat them. Like, so it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt you. I don't doubt you. Ronan, thanks a lot for joining us and for sticking on the line. Cheers. All right, I think that is pretty much us done for League of Ireland late night. We've had a cracker run of it over the last five, six weeks. Uh, thanks, everybody, who joined us on tonight's show and has joined us over the last few weeks. Uh, no show next Friday night because it's an off week for the League of Ireland because of uh, the international fixtures. But as I said, I think we will try and get the band together uh, around the international duty, maybe after the Lithuania game. It suits better, Shane, I think, late at night. It does, yeah, that's very true. I'm heading up to uh, heading to the Belgian game anyway, Nathan. I don't know if any of the rest of you are, but looking forward to them, yeah. Oh. Is, Na- is, is, Nathan, <laughs> is Nathan back? I'm back, I'm back. Wow, Nathan, before, before you go to bed tonight, and I know your wife will love this, make sure you get on the Go United Twitter feeds to see the ingenuity that uh, Wilson Waweru. Uh, show to get his back flick goal to put us 2-0 up. It was actually a brilliant goal. He's second in two games, a local boy. And uh, yeah, the West awake at the moment. 13 points from 15. Johnny, well, you had a tweeted from the LOI Central account. I thought you were the official uh, retweet <laughs> provider of Great League Rally Moments now. Well, I just haven't had a drink tonight, so I, I might... He got in trouble, Nathan. He got in trouble for the last one, remember? Oh, the, uh, the recipient on the end of uh, the, the last move wasn't happy. Wow. There you, there you go. Wow. <laughs> well, this is the sort of interaction that only Johnny anyway. Ward can get. All right. Johnny, you go to bed. <laughs> Shane, you get home. Uh, thanks a lot, lads. That is League of Ireland Late Night. I say, if you missed any of it, 
Uh, you can get the full podcast every Saturday morning. But uh, thanks to everyone for taking part. And we'll talk to you next week. Good luck.